today's title because of the, the little film, Don't Be a Grinch. Don't be a Grinch. Um, I, I got a, this text from a, a good friend of mine. He said, any idea who may have said this? Are you ready? Listen to this. Today, when the gospel is proclaimed on the frontiers of the Christian faith at approximate the first century situation, miracles still sometimes accompanied the advance of the gospel. As indicated by both the prophets Hosea and Joel, as we approach the end of the age, we may expect miracles to increase. As we approach the end of this age, I believe we will see a dramatic reoccurrence of signs and wonders that will demonstrate the power of God to a skeptical world. Just as the powers of Satan are being unleashed with greater intensity, so I believe God will allow signs and wonders to be performed in like manner with a greater intensity. Who do you think said that? A minister. Guess. Wow. Somebody said me. I have said this before. But that's... that's. But you're right. Billy Graham said that. And you know what was... You know, kind of shocking to me. Billy Graham's ministry, he was not, uh, he didn't usually speak on the supernatural. He spoke on just on salvation. That was his main thing. And for him to write that and say that that was in our future, I think that is just a God thing. Because I really do believe in 2020 that um, it will be a year filled with miracles and signs and wonders. I believe that. I believe it. I believe there's going to be healings like never before. And let me just say this. I prefer it. I will. That word. Before, God is not withholding miracles and signs and wonders. Never has, never will. But I believe people's eyes are being opened up to rethink God, that he is the God of miracles and the supernatural, and that he is doing it through you and me and all over the world. Amen. So I believe that's going to happen in 2020 like never before. Amen. Luke chapter 2 verse 10 is a very familiar Christmas scripture, if you want to call it that. It said, The angel said unto them, Do not be afraid, for behold, (coughs) I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. What I want to really emphasize, it says, I'm going to bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Which means God has not left anybody out. Which means that he expects and believes and wants joy flowing through you and me and every person on this planet. That's good news. That is really good news. Uh, so I believe joy has come to this world and been placed inside of you and me, and it's never left. I said it's never left. But having said that, I, we're, I want to deal with some of the ugliness, if I guess that's the only way, there's probably a better word, before we address the joy part, the victory part. And... Uh, I know that um, to some degree in our mind, um, we have a little brokenness in all of us. Just keep looking forward. Just keep, especially if you've been married 50 years, just keep looking forward. 
There's a little, you know, it's easy to point out when people are really super dysfunctional. I mean, you think, man, their, their family's dysfunctional. Their life is dysfunctional. Um, but I know that all of us have a little bit of that Grinch in the back of our mind. I need to probably smile a lot during this message. We do. And this is the good thing. This is not the time for judging. Come on now. This is not the time for judging, condemning. This is the time for people to be set free. But this is the thing. If you don't know that there's any kind of... I, I, it's real easy for me to bury stuff and not even know what's there. And the Lord wants me... And you don't really know it's there until you respond to certain circumstances, and then it raises its little Grinch head. And so the Lord wants us to be free to where we live our life from a place of joy and not from a place of brokenness. But again, every single person in here, including me, I admit there is a little bit of Grinch in the back of our mind. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. There is. And this is the good news. You're okay, though. You're okay. I want to read an article that I read a few weeks ago, and um, it, it just really, it's one of those slap you upside the head, wow type articles in a good way. Uh, it's by Mel Wilde. W-I-L-D, I I really like his readings, articles. He said, when we don't find joy and bliss from our relationships, we will look for it in counterfeits and live from fear rather than love. I'm going to say it again. When we don't find joy and bliss from our relationships, we will look for it in counterfeits and live from fear rather than from a place of love. These counterfeits can show up in addictions and looking for love in all the wrong places. Remember that song? Is that who sang it? Looking for love in all the wrong places. These counterfeits can show up in addictions and looking for love in all the wrong places, but a more subtle form can also show up in pouring ourselves into our work, obsessing over sports, politics, entertainment, even obsessing over good things like our children. When we don't have a healthy joy center, our reward slash motivation will manifest in unhealthy ways. Through fear and manipulation... Bringing our brokenness into all of our relationships, our marriage, our parenting, our family, with our coworkers, oftentimes this dysfunction cycle gets repeated from generation to generation. My point in all of this is that I believe the answer to living free from bondage is not found by trying harder. I've been down that path. I mean, I mean, it was a grassy meadow. 
and now it's a dirt path of me trying to work harder. Have you been there? The problem with that is there's no victory in that because you eventually will get tired. And the moment you get tired, you fail. Trying harder. It's found by growing our capacity to experience joy. I'm going to say it again. There's all this little bitty grinch in, the, in all of us. There's a little bit of manipulation in all of us. Some more than others. And the reason we respond in anger is because somebody's not doing what we want them to do and we're not getting the result that we want. Boom. If I had a mic, I'd drop it. Anyway. This is a quote from um, an article, Developing Joy Strength. It says, deeply, Jim Wilder, deeply wounded people only heal in community. And only when that community is based in love and joy. But sadly, most have come from relationships built on fear. All of us, and I mean all of us, have a little bit of fear inside of us. And most of us, including myself, don't realize that our response in certain circumstances is because the root of that circumstance is built in fear. Whether it's rejection, not loving yourself enough, you're wanting circumstances to be right out here, so you don't mean to. I don't mean to. But we can manipulate it to try to get it right so we will be happy, which is not good, which is not good. And so we need to reshape our thinking by love and joy instead of fear and control. We like to be in control, don't we? If we're in control, that means we're in control. We get to call the shots. We get to do everything. And we don't like it if we are out of control. This is how real community culture should be. And this is one of the purposes of the church. No church is perfect. You know, you hear people say, well, I don't want to go to that church. There's a bunch of hypocrites there. Well, you better quit your job, too, while you're at it. Run away from your family. Go be in some kind of cave and be a hermit because that's the only place you're going to find uh, nobody is bugging you or being wrong. <laughs> but church should be a place where you're not judged. And I'm not going to say you're not going to be judged. You know, people say, well, people judge me. The whole world is judging you. You go down the street, somebody's judging the way that you drove. I may have been behind you one day and judged you how you drove. What in the world? But church should be a place, and I believe God wants the church to be a place where you can truly find joy and love. And this is why we all need to come to church, including me, is to renew our mind to make sure that Grinch in the back of our mind gets smaller and smaller 
and smaller. Amen. When we learn to live from joy, we can finally be our authentic self. Anytime we respond in anger, anytime we try to manipulate the situation, anytime we get frustrated, it's not the true you. It's not the authentic you. It's not. It's a counterfeit. It is a counterfeit. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel, this God saying, you know what, Mike, that's not really you. When I get angry, you know, y'all are looking really holy this morning, but I mean, like, if somebody does something and you respond in anger, the Lord wants you to know that that is not who you truly are. That's not you. And he's given us the power and the ability to not respond that way. I've always believed this. I've had the knowledge of this. I've always had the knowledge. I should always. The last four or five years. <laughs> Let me clarify that. For the last four or five years, I've had knowledge that no matter what's going on out here, it should not affect the joy level and the victorious level that's going on on, on the inside of me. I've had that knowledge. I've not had the revelation for that to be manifested 24-7. You know what I mean? Because if you have a revelation of that, then you can truly, no matter how you're treated or, should I say, mistreated out here, disrespect, being offended, you know, I've offended people of what I've said, and I've, been, I've offended people by what I've said, and I've also offended people because I didn't say Something that I should have said. I mean, thinking, wow, man, this is like a lose-lose situation. But the Lord doesn't see it that way. He never sees any circumstance or situation ever a lose situation. And if you are in a losing situation, it's because you have not lived from a place of joy which is on the inside of you. Dysfunctions. You know, we've all been around people who throw tantrums because they didn't, something didn't go their way. And maybe you've been the tantrum person. We've had bosses that you were not allowed to question. You couldn't question because if you questioned them, it was like, what are you doing? It's my way or the highway, that type of person. We've all had people in our lives to where you felt like you had to walk on eggshells because if you say something, they just like a volcano. We've all had that. And so it's easy for us, when you're in that type of situation, to try to fix it. I've been, I've been a fixer. Have you been a fixer? We want to fix it. If something's not right out here, you, I want to fix it. Have you tried to fix people before? If you're married, you just don't say, I just know. More than six weeks, probably, you've tried to fix that person. When I do premarital counseling, I always look at that person and tell them to face each other, and I say, if this person never changes for the rest of their life, do you still want to say, I do? That's the last thing I say to them. Y'all have a good day now. 
Sometimes you go, they get smiling. Other times they go. And I thought, okay, we got to have one more session. Because people think that you're going to change them or you're going to do something or you're hoping that they change. I like the majority of their life. It's just this one part, uh, honey. You're marrying the whole package. You're a mean one. <laughs> Mr. Grinch, you really are a heel. That's good preaching. Thank you very much. Boom! I've never been complimented on my singing. Most of the time when I'm singing in the bathroom, Melody goes, I'm in here. So what does this real maturity, victorious look like? What does it look like? Relational maturity looks like a soul who is completely at rest. In Hebrews, it said, God says, enter into my rest. That, tr- that scripture is always giving me trouble. Because it says you're supposed to work to get into this place of rest. I'm thinking, what? You work to get into this rest? You know why it's work? Because mentally, you and I want to perform for it. We got to do something for it because that's just the American way. That's just the mankind way. We got to work to make sure that we can attain something. And so God's saying, you're going to work to rest to do nothing. So how do we do that? It's a mental thing. It's where the work comes in. It's not in a performance thing. That's exactly right. The Bible says that. That was right on cue. What does it look like? It's a place where you and I experience joy no matter what circumstance is going on. No matter what's going on out here, you have joy and you're experiencing joy in the midst of the hell that's going on out here. How many think that's where you want to live? I don't know about you, but I'm Rick. That's, that's where I want to live. And the good news is this. God has given you the ability, the grace to do exactly that. To live from a place of joy no matter what hell is going on out here. But what we do, what we do is we try to get our joy from what's going on out here. So that we can have happiness in here. This is called life. Life, you know, so many people I hear them say, you know, uh, well, the devil is just really after me. You know, my washing machine broke down, you know, and this. No, let me just tell you what life is all about. You know, things where if your washing machine's 20 years old, the devil didn't have anything to do with that. Stuff wears out and it breaks. Tires get bald and you have to replace them. Cars get old and you have to work on them. People are people. Life is life. And so don't try to over-spiritualize everything. Just say, I have the... Colossians 2.15 says the devil has been completely 100% disarmed. Which means he has no power over your life or any circumstance that you're part of. Period. Booyah. 
What does that mean? That means that you are in control of your destiny and you are the one that can monitor your joy level. If it's a 10 or if it's a 0 or a minus 5, it's up to you and has nothing to do with the devil or any person you're married to or child that you have or dog that you own or boss that you work for. I don't know about you, but that's freedom. I'm not living in that total freedom, but I know it's available. And I know that's what God says. This is, what I, this is where I see you, Mike. And I think, I don't see myself there yet. But at least I'm getting little pieces of my eyes to be opened up. First of all, you have to believe it's possible. If you don't believe it's possible, then it won't happen. Your joy would be dictated by your circumstance. If you win the lottery, you'd be on cloud nine. If the IRS takes it halfway, you'd be sad, depressed. Our demeanor creates an environment of calm in the midst of every storm in life. When Jesus was with the disciples and the storm rose up, It didn't freak him out. Matter of fact, can you picture a boat? This is professional fishermen, professionals now. They are in the midst of this huge storm, and they thought they were going to die. I've been on a boat before where I've had that feeling, and I'm not a professional. But I thought, you know what? I think we're going to go see Jesus today. It's going to be a wet day. But these guys were professionals and they thought they were going to die. Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat. Now, can you just picture this? He's got his head. I mean, he's got to be fun. You know, when wait, the boat's not just doing that. I mean, I've been on a boat when she went 13 feet up in the air and boom, slammed back down. Your body leaves the seat. It's like being in an aircraft in turbulence. When you're in a storm like that, it's not a good feeling down here. And Jesus is doing that. And he's, Dad Hagemeyer, I'll just tell this story. We were in a bush trip in Africa. I'm driving. We're driving all night to get to our destination. We had uh, three drivers, Dad, me, and this other missionary. And so we were driving. uh, I think we took three-hour shifts and, and nonstop and so it was my turn. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever. And, I mean, I'm fine. Dad said it's a road. It was not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was. I just followed the path. He said, just keep following this path. Path? Yeah, just stay on this path all night. So we're following it. I'm following this. Everybody's, you know, trying to sleep. I'm doing about 15 miles an hour is the max you can do. Four-wheel drive. And, man, Dad's over here in the middle of the night. I'm, I turn and looked at him, and he's going. He's sound asleep. And I thought, that's Jesus in the back of the boat. And all of a sudden, I, when I, I'm laughing to myself, and I hit this big. I wasn't watching the road. And I hit this big manhole-covered bomb and dad went bam hit the side of the glass he goes and I went you have got to be kidding me who can do that who can do that that's impossible you can't bang his head I thought is the window cracked oh no 
No, is your head bleeding? You're sleeping. Never mind. That's Jesus in the back of the boat. So they wake him up. And I would, dad would have to be woke up. If you can't crack your head against the window and be woke up, you, I don't know. You're just like. So Jesus is in the back of the boat. They wake him up. And he said, don't you care? We're going to perish. In the midst of a storm, there is no fear in the life of Jesus. In the midst of any circumstance, there is no fear inside of Jesus. I'm going to say it again. In the midst of any circumstance, there is no fear. That's where you and I are supposed to live from. And if you're not living from that, then the way that you respond in certain situations, it's not going to be like Jesus. When that situation and relationships get ugly, it's because the root of that is fear. I'm going to say it again. You know, people say, well, they just have a temper problem. They have a you know, really an anger problem. No, I can look past the anger and say, you got a fear problem. You got a fear problem. Fear is at the root of manipulation. Fear is at the root of every anger. Fear is at the root of a lot of dysfunctions. And God wants you and me to know 1 John 4, 18, I know I'm jumping way ahead. 1 John 4, 18 says that perfect love, what is perfect love? It's the love of God. Perfect love casts out, expels some fear? All fear. All fear. So when I have been harping on that you and I need to have a revelation, not just knowledge, not just knowledge, because every Christian will say, oh, yeah, I know God loves me. Every Christian says that. I've said it for years, decades. Yeah, I know God loves me. No, that's not good enough. You and I have to have a revelation that God truly loves you. No matter what is going on, no matter what sin or hell that you are even producing. Maybe you're the producer of the hell that's going on. And God says... You cannot shake my love. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. This is why it's vitally important not to have knowledge, but to have revelation. Revelation of how much God loves you and me. Because until we get that, listen to me, until we get that, you're not going to be able to live from a place of joy. I've just figured this out in the last couple weeks. Because I don't have joy bubbling. Do you have joy just bubbling up? Oh, we're in a storm. We could all die. Hallelujah. Praise God. No, God says, no, we ain't done. I'm not afraid of the wind. Not afraid of the storm. Not afraid for people who can kill me. Look at Jesus. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm getting ahead of myself. There's a scripture. I'm just going to read it to you. John 15, 11. The Amplified Version says this. I've told you these things that my joy. This is Jesus speaking. So whose joy is here? This is the joy of Jesus. He says, my joy and delight may be in you. He says, I'm saying some things here so that you will understand that it's not your joy. It's my joy that I'm going to place inside of you. 
and that your joy and gladness may be full of full measure and complete and overflowing. That means it's going to affect people outside of you. I have placed this inside of you. Then verse 12 says, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I loved you. No one has greater love. No one has shown stronger affection than to lay down, give up his own life for his friends. But this is where I've always gotten it wrong. I thought, well, we have to sacrifice and lay ourselves down. And the Lord said, no, you've got it backwards. You have to be, have a revelation of the love of God and know that there's joy, his joy that is in us and live from that point to be able to lay your life down and sacrifice your life and be a good friend, be a good husband, to be a good wife, to be a good father and all of that. It's not you trying harder to sacrifice. If you do, you'll fail. Did you understand that? If you work from a place I've got to lay my life down, you just need to sacrifice more. You need to give more. You will always come to the energizer bunny that runs out of batteries. After a while, they're just really full of energy, really full of energy, but eventually the batteries run dead and they face plant. And that's what you and I do. Instead of coming and living from a place of joy in the love of God. Those two are connected, by the way. Joy. Unspeakable joy. When we cannot find joy, you're going to look for it in a counterfeit way. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit. The fruit produced by who's producing this? Say it like you mean it. Who's producing this? That means you and I don't produce the joy. That means you and I don't produce the love. That means you and I don't even produce patience. Oh, I just need more patience. You're trying to produce it. You'll fail. Oh, I just need to be more kinder. You're trying to produce it. You'll fail. I just need to have self-control. Dear Lord Jesus, it's the holidays. I want the whole pie. I just need to have more... Self-control. I love lemon pie. I love cherry pie. I love pie. I just need to have more self-control. You'll fail. It's you trying to produce it. God says the Holy Spirit has produced, and he is the producer of all these things. Love, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness and action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. It's God inside of you. We have to come to church to get our minds to renew this. I've been raised in church all my life. I've been a pastor for, I've been in full time. In 2021, I believe, or 2020, I'll be in ministry for 30 years. I've been a minister for 30 years. And I still have to renew my mind to make sure that little Grinch on the back of my head shuts his mouth when he says, Mike, you're a mean one. No, you need to keep that trap shut. I know who I am. That is a counterfeit that is talking to me, and people are listening to the counterfeit in the back of their mind. But it's not the real you. James chapter 1, verse 2. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties. Did you hear that? 
when you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy you can. I don't know about you, but that's like, what? What? When all hell's breaking loose in your life, he turns around and says, this is an invaluable opportunity for you to experience the greatest joy. I don't think so. Do you think like me? You go, no, no, I, I, I think this is the time to cry for mama. I think this is the time to, to vent. This is the time I want to vent. Sit down, let me tell you what has happened to me today, okay? I'm going to give it. This is a time for that. No, God says this is a time for you to have an invaluable, greatest time of joy. Do you have some growing in this area? I've raised my hand. I want, God says this is what should be happening. When a circumstance out here is slapping you upside the head, beating you with a baseball bat, God says you have the ability to look inward and rely upon me instead of you trying to fix it, you trying to manipulate it, you responding in anger, you just responding in any way like the world does. But he says this is an invaluable time for you to look on the inside and say, I've got joy. I've got joy. I've got joy. You and I can do that. Everybody say grace. You can speak grace to the mountain, and the Bible says it'll be made a plain. You can speak grace to the valley, and it shall be filled. You can speak grace to the crooked, and it'll be made straight. The problem is you and I try to knock the mountain down. We try to fill the valley, and we try to make the crooked straight. And it is frustrating because we can't. God says, I never intended you to do it. (sighs) I never intended you to make the mountain a plain, to fill in the valley, to make the crooked straight. He says, I intended you to look inside and hear and see the joy that has been placed before you. There is joy, unspeakable joy on the inside of you and me today. And it is connected to how much God loves you. If you're not experiencing the joy, it may be because you don't have a revelation of how much God loves you. You can try harder, and you'll be frustrated, and that is really what religion is all about. James said, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulty, see as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up the power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. Do you want to have a life that nothing is missing, nothing is lacking? You have to look for and live from a place of joy. If you don't, you're going to be like me and a lot of other people and say, there is something missing in my life. There is something lacking in my life. I need more love. I need people to respect me more. I need people to love me more. And this is the problem. All of us here, there's not a person on the planet that does not love themselves the way that God wants you to love yourself. None of us love ourselves the way. I was meditating. I just felt like the Lord said that. He said, Mike, you don't love yourself enough. I went, what? 
You don't love yourself the way that I love you. Because if you loved yourself the way that I loved you, it would be the groundwork for you to live from a place of joy because you know how much I love you because there's fear inside of you, Mike, that you are not going to be accepted, that you may be rejected, that you're not going to measure up. And when you have that fear in you, you're going to respond to people in an ugly way. So when you and I, let me just say where the rubber meets the road, respond to people in an ugly way, there's fear in your life that you have not dealt with. And the reason that it's there is because you don't have a revelation of the perfect love that God loves you with. Because if you had that revelation, it would uproot the fear and cast it into the sea. It would do that, not you. Wow. I said love does that. The revelation of love casts the fear out. Not you and me. Not your fasting, not your praying, not your Bible reading, not your any kind of performance things. When you know how much God loves you, then it will take the root of fear out of your life and cast it into the sea. That's good news. That makes me want to find out how much God loves me more and more every day. It makes me want to live from a place of joy. God says, I place joy inside of you. Now you are supposed to live from that place of joy. It's a journey. It's knowledge, yes, but more importantly, it's revelation. I know these things, but God says, okay, let the journey begin. Let's stand. Praise God. I'm going to pray for you today because I believe this is something that it's not just available, but you and I need to know this is where God wants you to live from. A place where circumstances won't cause you to lose your temper, cause you to get frustrated and lose your joy. Let me pray. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that not only... Are we looking and embracing the knowledge that you're giving us? But, Father, we pray, as Paul prayed in Ephesian prayers, that the eyes of understanding would be enlightened, that we may know the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height of this love, so that we can truly live from a place of joy no matter what's going on around us, that we can just quieten the voice of the Grinch that's in the back of our mind. We can renew our brain, our mind, and our thinking to that. We can love ourselves and accept ourselves because God loves and accepts us. To let the judgment to fall off to the wayside. For the love of God to be firmly our root and foundation. To truly live from a place of joy. Jesus said, My joy. I give them to you. I place inside of you. Help us to stop the counterfeit living and looking for joy on the external. And always know that there is joy bubbling up and springing on the inside all the time. A place of victory. A place of God. This is where 
God wants us to live. I thank you for helping us to see that, live from it, and it to be manifested. And this is how the world will know that you're my disciples. I said this the first service, and I don't know if I've ever said this before. God is not impressed with how much you love him. First I said that, and I thought, felt like all the oxygen got sucked out of the room. God is not impressed with how much you love him. People say, man, they just really love God. God is impressed by how much you love one another. That's powerful. This is how the world's going to know that you're my disciples. Not by how much you love God. Not by how much you love God. He says, this is how the world's going to know. How much you love brothers and sisters. How much you love people that get on your nerves. Thorn in your flesh. How much you love people, period. Just people. People. How much do you love people? That's how much, that's how the world's going to know. Amen. God's helping us, isn't he? He is helping each and every one of us. And I believe that we're going to live from a place of joy and love like we never have before in 2020. Amen. It's going to be a great journey.